This is The Guardian. So we're recording content with Jeremy. Um, and Jeremy's laughing at me. Jeremy. <laughs> hey, Laura Mafiotti here for the Full Story Summer Series, coming to you from Gadigal Land. And this is audio producer Karishma Luthria with a comedian, social media comedian, Jeremy Franco. I'm here with comedy content creator Jeremy Franco watching on as he's filming a TikTok and Instagram reel where he has over 400,000 followers and... Jeremy is one of a very small number of South Asian comedy content creators in Australia. And I've seen Jeremy's TikToks online, so it's really exciting to now be here behind the scenes with him. Krishma, what is Jeremy's comedy like? What types of things does he do? In his videos, Jeremy usually dresses up as his mum and sometimes his dad and just pokes fun at the way they raised him. Some mail came for you today. Here. Wait, why is it open? I don't know. Dad, did you open my mail? Maybe. Dad. Hey, whose house is this? It doesn't matter. Actually, it does matter. He really goes to the heart of what it's like having South Asian parents who are very, very involved in our lives. Mm. And so I wanted to sit down with Jeremy and talk to him about where he finds his inspiration and how he's navigated Australia's comedy scene. If you want to open your own mail, easy. Move out and buy your own house. Oh my God. Then you'll have your own mailbox. You can open all the mail you want, but until you are living under my roof and my address is on the letter, it is my mail. Okay, Karishma, take it away. The outfit, which... The outfit. <gasps> I'm waiting for the scarf. I see it on TikTok every day. This is the brown mom scarf. Oh yes, can you describe it? Um, it is like pink and florally, and it's it's like blouse material. I think we're ready, Jeremy. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think you were born ready. Jeremy. I was always born ready. Yeah, you just you just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jeremy, thanks for coming in. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, I am Jeremy Franco, and I am a creator. I do comedy, social media from Sydney, Australia. I have seen so many of your videos of you dressed up as your mom. Tell me about your childhood. Has it influenced your style of comedy? Yeah, so I'm originally from um, India. I was born there. Um, I lived back and forth between Mumbai, Hong Kong, Sydney, but I've grown up majority here in um, Australia and in Mumbai. A lot of my content stems from that. It stems from being South Asian, growing up in a more Western country and Almost, it's like an inside look into us immigrant children who've grown up here in Australia or in the US or in the UK or just other countries other than around in South Asia. And it's almost like a commentary, just like watching your parents in the way that they grow up versus how you grew up. Hello, Meredith. When is the report due? Yesterday. Oh, can I get it to you Friday? I have wedding tomorrow. C-O-B. What is C-O-B? E-O-D. What these words mean? Hello, Jeremy, what do you want? What is there to eat? I need the report on my desk by the COB. When you move to, for example, me, like moving to Australia with my mm-hmm. family, um, me and my brother did our schooling here in Australia. And, you know, we saw firsthand the different morals, values, ethics that people in this country have versus in India and as reflected through our parents. So it's almost like this 
crossroad where it's like we're seeing our parents and like what they value and what their ethics are, their morals are, and what they see as as most precious in the world mm. versus what's seen differently in Australia. So it's almost like looking through a glass, you know, a glass wall at your parents and then like seeing it from like a different point of view. And I would say that's more where the comedy angle is. You know, it's more like an outsider looking in, but you're not, it's not really an outsider okay. because yeah. you are, because you're part of both worlds in a way. Did you ever think of comedy as a career for yourself? Oh, never. I'm brown. Do you really think that like <laughs> you tell your parents, like when I grow up, I want to do comedy? No, <laughs> not at all. How did your parents react to you taking up comedy and content creation, Jeremy? We don't really talk about it that much. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's like this like unspoken thing in our household. I've been doing it now for well, like full time for about a year, but I've been doing it on and off for five, six years. And my parents still don't wrap their heads around it. They still want me to go a traditional route. It's not looked down upon, but it's just not the norm paved mm. way that parents want for you. So I studied at university. I did marketing and media and I worked in my field for um, a while after that. Mainly because that's what they wanted me to do. And my parents are considered chill because they let me choose my degree. Mm. Whereas a lot of people um, are sort of forced, like, okay, you're going to do medicine. They don't really get that option. People need to understand that when you are brown or Asian or just most ethnic people, when you turn 18, that doesn't mean anything. Mm, nothing when you turn all. 21, that doesn't mean anything. A door in your room means nothing. Literally. Asking permission to go out. I don't <laughs> know if that ever ends, really. Um, you could literally be 30 and they're still like, where are you going? Who are you going with? Mm. Who's going? Emily and Aditya. Nobody else? No. Are you seeing one of them? No. Are they seeing each other? No. What are DTS studies? Speech pathology. What Emily studies? Psychology. What are parents do? Engineer and chiropractor. Where are you going? The movies. What movie? Minions. What time's the movie? Yeah, I do like definitely do think that there is some some reasons behind all of that stuff that comes out. And I think Every day is just getting better and better when they see the opportunities that I'm getting, when they see that I'm genuinely happy. But at the end of the day, they just want me to be able to support myself. They don't know what this field is. They've never seen anything like it. So it's kind of something totally new. And, you know, I understand why they would be a little bit hesitant about it. There's this thing with our culture where it's like, you don't have to like what you do. It it doesn't matter if you like it. Like no one seems to like their job. It's really just about like, do you like your paycheck? Are you stable? Do you have health care? Can you take care of your family? So liking what you do is not the biggest priority, I think, with mm. our parents in terms of um, us. It's more security and all that kind of stuff. And how did you get into content creation? I always loved it. I was literally, I remember I used to take a camera around my university <laughs> my first year and I would just film all of us. I would vlog. So I have all this footage of me like at 18, like in the club, in class, like literally in lecture halls and I stuff like that. Oh my God. It's I, I privated everything on YouTube. <laughs> For me, even if I didn't have the following that I have, I know I'd be doing exactly the same thing that I'd be doing. And how did your parents react to you blowing up on social media? Because I've seen those videos of you like explaining to your mom, oh, I got verified. Hey mom, I got a blue tick from Instagram. I got verified. And she's like... Verified for what? Are there other blonde Indian boys people are mistaking you for? No, it's just... How much money you got from this tick? No, nothing. And how much money it pays to be a doctor? Probably a bit more. But I mean, for them, like all of their friends, you know, like... WhatsApp groups, my videos always end up in those WhatsApp groups with all the aunties and all that kind of stuff. So they do enjoy some of the videos that come through. Yeah, I was showing my mom your TikToks, actually. So I'm like, you know, scrolling through TikTok and she's like, who's that? And I'm like, just a content creator. And then I start showing her your videos and she just could not stop laughing at the one you did on the eyebrow threading lady. 
Hi, how are you? Threading, okay. You've been plucking, I can tell. Okay, close your eyes. Close it. And she was like, send it to me. I'm going to send it to all my friends. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I like that you have um, an audience even in the aunties. Yes, the aunties definitely do stop me sometimes. And they <laughs> say like, oh my God, I'm exactly like this. And I'm like, well, maybe let's change that. Like, <laughs> I feel like you're very proud that you are, you know, Force like exactly like the depictions in my videos. The whole point is almost to shine a light on everything and be like, okay, Mira, this is what you were doing to your kids, and this is the the trauma that we remember. But no, they'd be like, we didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. What did I do? I raised you. I gave you a roof. I'm not like that. No, not me. Not me. What would you say are some of your biggest influences in making the kind of comedy that you do? Well, I mean, I would definitely say that Lily Singh, Superwoman, is one of the biggest influences. What up, everyone? It's your girl, Superwoman. Brown parents don't understand mental health. Okay, it's like, why do you think that you get a say in how I feel? I just feel like, can I just say something? <clears throat> oh Kids God. these days always complaining about something. I'm too happy. I'm too sad. I think majority of brown people, and by the way, I say brown people, which means like South Asian people, um, but majority of brown people know who she is. But for those who don't know, she was a very big YouTuber. She's from Canada. She's of um, Indian descent, and she was a big pioneer. Yeah, for people who don't know your background, mm -hmm. uh, you started uh, posting YouTube videos in 2010. Mm -hmm. I was one of the only South Asian women oh. talking about relationships and like all these mm. taboo subjects, and yeah. people were like, oh, this is, this is allowed? Good for you. Yeah. And now she's got millions, yeah. if I'm not correct, right? Millions yes. of, of followers. She would act out her mom, act out her dad, act out conversations with her parents. She would sort of portray all of these skits that really made people feel like, oh my God, like it's not just me. Because before her, there really wasn't anyone making content that catered to minorities and people of color in a way that was so specific. Mm. There were people doing it like, you know, I'm going to say a name like Russell Peters. He's a very, very talented comedian, but a bit before Lily's time. Indians just look upset that they had to spend money to be here tonight, don't you? <laughs> That's the look on their face. Just, this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why I'm spending money to see someone that looks just like me. <laughs> I can stay home and look in the mirror. For free! We are an endless supply of cheap jokes. He would make a lot of content that pertained to Indians or South Asians. But I'd say a lot of the content was um, in jest, maybe towards us. Yeah, and he'd have those like overemphasize the accent, right? He'd go like... Why don't you spell what you see? Okay. Okay. Okay, lose. Lose is lose, huh? Lose Vuitton, like all this like weird... Um, yeah, and he'd put them in settings off like... Western settings or... Western settings or like he would also do accents from other countries and stuff like that. Or like he would put them in negative stereotypical places um, that people would then laugh at and then ridicule and then yeah. sort of take to day-to-day -day life. Because um, it was kind of embarrassing behavior that we did as a people. It was. But again, at the time, I thought it was hilarious. Mm. But, you know, I was young as well. Like, that was the first experience that I had seen of comedy. So to me, uh, when I was young and I was like, 
oh, wow, that's so funny. Like, is this is this what I have to do to be funny? Mm. Is this what everyone's going to laugh at? There is a difference between making content where people are laughing at us versus what Lily used to do or people would say that I do, which is making content that we can all as as a collective community, people of color, minorities, quotation marks, can laugh at together based on our own experiences. Mm. So I think that to have someone like Lily Singh or Liza Koshy or um, Hassan Minaj and Mindy Kaling, to have them sort of be like, okay, like that was really great, but like, here's what we can do with comedy. Like, here's another way we can look at it. I think that that was so powerful and that was amazing because I think if Russell, which again, credit to him, um, was the only depiction that we had of comedy, the landscape today would be very, very different. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I guess I'm just curious, how do you think your comedy is different from Lily Singh's? It's inspired by it, for sure. What I want people to understand about India is that India is such such a vast place. There's so many different communities. There's so many different dialects. There's so many different religions. Lily Singh is North Indian. Her parents are from Punjab. So her experience, while it stems from a different place, it comes from her experiences as a North Indian. For me, I'm from South India. I'm from a place called Goa. I grew up in Mumbai. I'm from the country. I've spent a lot of time there. So there are sort of different twangs in like how we sort of see the world and especially even with the language and even just the like, you know, just the outfits and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's definitely one of the biggest, I'd say, differences that... I want people to know that um, India isn't just one size fits all. Mm. Just because me and Lily Singh are both Indian doesn't mean that we have the exact same experiences. It's actually very different. We're not a monolith. We have issues within our community. We're diverse and we're as everyone else. Like people. Yeah. And even just like bouncing up that, I just want people to know that, you know, even things like food, like people think like, oh my God, Indian butter chicken. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And while I do love, but while we love butter chicken. (laughs) Yes. Like butter chicken is not food from anywhere near me. My mom wouldn't even know. My grandparents, no one would know how to make butter chicken um, because that's North Indian. That is a different dish and it comes from a specific place in India. In Goa, we have our own food. It's amazing food. And while it's not that mainstream, it's just, you know, like people don't know much about that. And that's what I want people to understand. It is common in Western media to just paint India as one place. But, you know, I want people to know that it's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an understanding that we all behave and act in the same way when we're all very different. We have different languages in every state. Oh, my God. The amount of people that were wishing, like, telling me about Diwali and, oh, my God, like, your your New Year's and this and that. And I have to explain, like, I, I personally don't celebrate Diwali. I'm from Goa, and Goa is a Portuguese colony, and we are Catholic by that route. Diwali is a religious holiday. It mm-hmm. is um, for the Hindus. I definitely hope people ask more questions and surround themselves with more people of color. I remember I had this big spill up um, recently because I was getting all these messages being like, you're whitewashing your name, Jeremy Franco, like whitewashing. And I had to do a whole video and explain to people like, my name's an Indian name. It is from my part of India called Goa. I was like, Franco is a very common Goan surname. And Jeremy comes from like the Bible of Catholicism, which is all from Goa. And I was like, I had to do this full explanation. Because everyone was like, nah, nah, you don't have an Indian name. Because my name wasn't like, I'm not going to say like a thing. but Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like. It wasn't, a, what, it wasn't a name that white people expect Indians exactly, to have. Exactly, exactly. Next. Jeremy Franco on the line between comedy based on stereotypes or real life. 
Hey, Laura Murphy-Oates here with a quick note about The Guardian. As you're probably aware, Guardian Australia's journalism is editorially independent, meaning we set our own agenda. We don't have a billionaire owner, nor do we answer to shareholders, so we're free from commercial bias. And this independence matters because it means we're able to challenge the powerful and hold them to account. Unlike many news organisations, we have not put up a paywall. We chose a model that means our reporting is open to everyone and funded by our readers who can afford to pay. Every contribution, whether big or small, counts. If you're able to contribute and have a minute, head to theguardian.com forward slash support full story. We've also linked to this on the full story page. Thanks. Something I was reading on The Juggernaut, which is that the comedy that we see of people who focus on our parents as comedic characters is something that some people would call stereotypical, but others actually find it quite heartfelt and comforting. Do you find that recreating these depictions of your parents is quite comforting for you? It's comforting in a way where it almost stems from the trauma of it all. Mm. And sort of consoling myself in a way. Like, you know, for example, I did a video that was about like report card day and how my dad was so upset that there was a C there (laughs) and um, he was just pretty mad about it, even though everything else was an A. So many people were laughing about it, enjoying it. Like, oh my God, my dad did the same thing. It's so funny. But if you think about it, like that was a traumatic experience. Like I genuinely remember a report card day. I remember one time there was like a C there and my parents wouldn't let me go to my best friend's party that night because they were so angry. I'm so sorry. I know. And like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I've taken this stuff and now it's many years later and now it's like, okay, like, let's laugh about it. Like, let's find comfort in it. Like, it feels good, especially to know that everyone else went through that as well. When I see those comment sections of people being like, oh my God, like my parents did that too. That's when I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm not alone. Like, Mm. it wasn't just me. Who do you think is actually your typical audience on TikTok? For me, I was like, oh, I'm just making content for Indians. It wasn't even South Asians. It wasn't even Asians. It was like, I'm just making it for Indians. Mm. And then when it just built out of India and it was like, I was getting people from who grew up in Sri Lanka and Pakistan. Then I was getting people who grew up in China and in Japan and all that kind of stuff. And then I was getting people from Russia and people saying like, oh my God, like your mom must be Latin as well because my Latin mom's like this. My African mom's like this. Like it was... It felt amazing to see, like, we are actually all connected. Like, it's not, it doesn't have to do with color. It doesn't have to do with that. Like, Mm. there are so many commonalities. When I see comedic depictions of South Asian parents like you do, like Lily Singh does, I feel like people who watch this would think this is quite a stereotypical depiction of a South Asian mother who's controlling. What do you think, Jeremy? Can comedy go into the deeper issues? Is there more to this than just a funny stereotype? It's for me in terms of de- like like people who say that I depict stereotypes. I depict my own personal experience. Mm. My personal experience stems directly from my parents, people that I've met in my life growing up in India. I've never depicted anything that I have never come across personally, mm. um, and everything that I depict is done in a humorous way um, to uplift and show representation. I will never depict any negative stereotypes. Mm. And I don't even like to say them because I don't like to to perpetuate those to younger generations. But just to give you one example, like I would never do a video of like a taxi driver. Mm -hmm. That's a negative stereotype that I wouldn't put out there. But in terms of like the, 
you know, like the wild eccentric mom. Like to me, that's that's not a stereotype at all. That's my experience. And I love my parents more than anything. Um, but, you know, there is pushback from people who say, like, oh, my God, like your parents are like this. Like, my God, like your parents didn't let you go out. Like, that's awful. And people need to understand that there are reasons behind everything. And it comes from the culture. And, you know, mom, you know, her mom was so strict, insanely strict. So the little leeway that I have just to like go out for a party, that's crazy for her. So that's like, okay, I'm allowing that. So let alone going out to two parties. Now that's crazy. <laughs> that's just off the hook. Exactly. So <laughs> what I try and give people when I do this stuff is give context to them, especially mm. when there's pushback. Um, you know, I did a video where it was like about um, brown dads who bargain um, in the stores. Excuse me, what is the price of this? It's a thousand dollars. What? This is so cheap to make. I can make it myself if I want. This is an iPhone 12. I was just in a JB Hi-Fi, yes. They had this same phone, $800, yes. I don't think that's true. No, no, it was the exact same. I was just there. You should match that price. What? And I got so much pushback from that. It was crazy from people who weren't, you know, who didn't have that same experience. And they're like, oh my God, like always bargaining. Like they're all set prices. Why are they try? But like people don't understand that in, you know, especially where I grew up in Mumbai, like you have to bargain. That's how it is. There is no set prices for anything. So when you come to this country, it's not like an, an immediate switch. Every single thing, every video that I do, every, as I said, that other people would say, stereotype that I depict mm -hmm. comes from a true place. Just on that line of issues, when we come to how we depict our parents in comedy, um, Abby Govindan, who is a American, South Asian content creator and comedian who does stand up a lot, specifically said she doesn't use her parents' Indian accent in the content and the comedy that she writes um, versus others do. Lily Singh does, you do, a few others do. I see a lot of creators on TikTok who do that. But for her, she has explained it as she doesn't use it on stage because their accent is the least funny thing about them and is often associated with incompetence. What do you make of this as someone who does use the accent? I personally don't see any issues with me using the accent. There are, especially in the US, there are a lot of negative portrayals of the stereotypical accent. If you think about Apu from The Simpsons, mm. it's an accent done by someone who isn't even South Asian. There are a lot of, even in the show of Never Have I Ever, I know that Kamala, have you seen yes, the show? Yes. yes. A lot of people get very mad at her accent and um, how she sort of puts on this this different twinge that doesn't even really exist. It's not yes. like a proper accent. It just feels like a different stereotypical depiction. In the mainstream media, I can see why that would be very dangerous and why a lot of people might think that that's okay to do. But for me and my content, I think I depict my parents in, I would say, an accurate manner to how they talk. And I love their accent. And I think that it should just be a bit more celebrated and not shunned upon and mm. like put to the side. I'm not going to give them a different accent that they don't have. Yeah, it, it's a it's a very interesting set of issues we face when we move to another country as diaspora people. I mean, we not only ignore a lot of social issues that happen within our own communities like casteism and other issues, but we also um, kind of end up feeling like what it's like to be a minority in a new space when we've come from a place that we're a majority I, know. I hate the word minority. Yeah. It's so annoying. I use it 
because that's just the word, but it's like, why are we calling like the second biggest population in the world <laughs> a minority? Mm. It's so crazy. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm pretty sure by a certain year, like Indians in Australia are going to be like the second largest um, yeah. immigrant population here. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why are we still using minority? It's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, this year's census showed that we are now a migrant majority nation. At least 50% of uh, residents were born overseas or have an immigrant parent. And so do you think in a country like Australia, where content has often been Anglo-centric, space for new voices not only just in comedy, but in media as a whole, is growing. Where would you like to see the Australian comedy and media scene go? I don't know. I hate answering this question because honestly, it's it's like, it's not up to me. You mm. know what I'm saying? And it sucks that it's not. Yeah. I was working in television when mm. I was like 2021 20, and I was trying to pursue it and I was getting places, but it just wasn't happening fast enough because of like so many barriers. And that's almost why I started making content. I was like, you know what? If I can't get into this mainstream and get my face out there and do things, I'm going to make my own channel, my own show. And that's why I started posting content. Australia does not actually have that many South Asian comedy content creators at all. There was Neil Kolatkar, oh, right? Yeah. And then I think there's you. How is foraying that sort of environment for you? Honestly, it is quite difficult. It really is. Um, there aren't as many opportunities here in Australia for people of color. It's not even just South Asian people. Mm. It's all people of color. Um, and when you're in something new that's that's almost undone, you know, you do sometimes feel alone and sometimes you do feel like giving up and there just isn't anyone that you can look for advice because some people who will give you advice they might have different opportunities and different doors can open for them that can't open for you. Mm. I feel like I'm doing it for the people after me or the people now who want to do it that I can help with as much as I can for as far that I've gotten. In a lot of countries, but Australia in particular loves to just grab onto one person of color, especially in mainstream media and sort of run with them. Mm. Um, I'm not about that. I want everyone to succeed and I want as many voices to come up as possible and help where I can. But um, in terms of the entertainment industry and the media industry, and even yourself as a journalist, yeah. like I'm sure you know, in Australia, it looks different. Absolutely. It's a little bit isolating. It's a little bit like, I don't know what I'm doing next. I don't know how I can get to the next stage that I want to be at. Yeah. And you feel like screaming because you're like, just like, why am I the only one that's noticing this? Like, mm. why is no one else talking about this? But you don't want to be that person that just sort of the like... difficult person. Exactly. Because then it looks like you're just bringing something up for your own social gain. Yeah. But that's not the case. It really is like, hey, like, let's talk about this as a wider conversation. I've always had that because I worked in media before. Like, mm. I have been in these rooms where I've been the only person of color in there. And I've just been looking around like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. Like, so, but I think that that's a, that's a, a pretty common case in most Western countries. Um, but Australia, I think, has, has a lot to go. Complaining about is one thing. We all just have to pave the way and get in there so we can change something for the next generation. So that's what I hope to do. And I know that everyone that I talk to um, hopes to do the same thing. Do you see yourself moving beyond creating content that caters or reflects the South Asian diaspora experience? I have always wanted to get into mainstream because that's 
that's where the platforms are and that's where people can see you more and you can make more of a difference there. I want everyone to see our voices and everyone to see our experiences. So that is definitely the end goal. It's really just to keep making this amazing South Asian content, but just to do it on a much wider scale. Yeah. And do you think you're going to be a content creator for a while? A hundred percent. As long as my parents don't, you know, like throw me out and kick <laughs> me out and say like, nah, that's it. You're going to have a Bollywood movie play out if they do that. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. No, it's been good. Can we take a selfie? Yes, of course we can. That was comedy content creator Jeremy Franco. Thanks for his time. If you want to see more of his content, you can head to his TikTok or Instagram or have a read of what he reckons are the 10 funniest things on the internet. That's a piece that he wrote for The Guardian and we've linked to that on the Full Story page. This episode was produced by Karish Bluthria, Ellen Levita and Alison Chan. Sound designed by Daniel Simo and Camilla Hannon, who also did the mixing. The supervising producer for the Full Story Summer Series is Ellen Levita. The executive producer of this episode is me, Laura Mofiotes. That's it for today. Thanks for listening.